Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Can I suggest you shut up and show more football? Come on, come on. Pick it, pick it. We've done that thing! Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let him on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. I understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he no, was a great he player. Great yes, player. he was a wonderful no. leader. But he wasn't a magician. Take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. I'm Richard Keyes. I am Andy Gray. And he oh. he is usually Nigel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where is he? <laughs> DJ, DJ. I thought we were the only invisible men here. <laughs> what? In Qatar? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nigel's not with us. Um, has had a very important meet this morning. With, what? More with, important than this podcast? Well, I, I, I was slightly surprised yeah. when he told me, Andy, yeah. But he's been with his uh, friends at the Dutch Embassy. Oh, right. Oh, well. So I'm not quite sure what it is he's got up his sleeve. But unfortunately, uh, our DJ is not with us this well, week. Well, unless it's the equivalent of a knighthood, we should be here. <laughs> uh, so, Nigel will be back next week. Apologies, he's, he's, he's not here this. Um, but... Thank you for joining us, wherever in the world you are. I say this every week, whatever time zone you are in, uh, a very big welcome. Mm-hmm. And now that you've found us, don't forget to share that information with your mates. You can get in touch with us if there are things you hear and like, uh, if you want to leave us a review, for instance, uh-huh. or there are things you hear and don't like. We're quite open to opinions of all would sorts. You, would, 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 as long as they are not destructive. And I want to ah, talk to you about that today. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, a, a list of subjects. So you can get us at Twitter and Insta, at Keys and Grey Pod, at Keys and Grey Pod. And yes, you're right, going forward, we're going to have to change that, adding with DJ. But yeah. At Keys and Grey Pod, you can get to us. Yeah. Um, our guest this week is fascinating. Mm-hmm. We have a, a laugh. That's largely the reason that um, we are here uh, to entertain and mm-hmm. pass the odd opinion, Andrew. Yeah. But this week, back on a subject that we first started talking about when we were at Talk Sport. Yeah. Many years ago, just mm-hmm. saw a little piece in the newspaper. Do you remember? He used to sit in the corner upstairs opposite the kitchen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> once, once, once we'd cleaned that or, or John. <laughs> somebody cleaned, somebody um, cleaned the, yeah, the cups. John washed cleaned the cups. it, washed the cups. 
I didn't dare open the fridge because <laughs> a variety of – in fact, COVID may have started there in that, in that fridge. There were a variety of nasties in there, weren't there? Um, anyway, just a little line about Dawn Astle pursuing justice for her dad, Jeff, mm. if you remember. Yeah, I do. Who, who they said had died with dementia, and she was always insistent. No, no, no. It was an industrial injury. Yeah. And, and eventually she was proven to be correct. And now it's a subject that we are talking about more openly and more often. You and I couldn't go any further – with it having interviewed uh, Dawn uh -huh. because we didn't have the staff, we didn't no. have the people, the personnel. Uh, Sam Peters picked it up at the Mail on Sunday and did a fantastic job with yeah. it. Alan Shearer later produced a really good documentary mm -hmm. on it. Um, here we are all these years and on, mm -hmm. uh, going back to base today to talk about this, the, the, the mm -hmm. dementia, which I, I know you always concern yourself about when the subject is mentioned because you were a footballer mm -hmm. whose trademark was heading footballs. Yeah. Does it bother you now, uh, um, still, or only when I talk about it? <laughs> Does it bother me? Um, well, I'd have to say yes, wouldn't I? Uh, does it concern me? I'd have to say yes. Am I worried about it? I have to say yes. But all in all, in small measures, I think, Richard, in mm. that respect. You know, I don't wake up every morning and think, is this going to be the day? Uh, or I wake up every morning thinking, oh, just because, uh, you know, I forgot somebody's name that I met three or four days ago. Is that a first sign? No, I don't do no, that. I think we all do that. But I, 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 I'm obviously concerned because it's a huge topic and a lot of, of ex-footballers that uh, that we, we know and some we don't, a lot we don't, have contracted dementia and a lot of them have contracted it through playing football. But um, many have contracted it that haven't played football. Yeah, yeah. And so, I've always said to you, if somebody said to me, you know, 40 years ago or 50 years ago, whatever it was I started, um, you know, there is a chance, Andy, when you get um, into your dotage, into your 70s, 80s, that you may, because of what you did, you may end up with dementia. You may, the word would be may. Hmm. Um, because it's not a given that you play football, you, you, you suffer from dementia. And and it's not a given that if you don't play football, you don't suffer from dementia. So I would just, I would have carried on. I wouldn't have stopped. It wouldn't have stopped me playing. Um, With the knowledge we have now, would anything have changed your mind about the kind of player that you were? Probably not, because that's that's what I was. I mean, I wasn't good enough to be a, a you know a, a, a hugely articulate, skillful footballer. I I I, I had my strengths and weaknesses, and I, and I tended to play to them. Uh, so it wouldn't have changed me. No, I don't think. I mean, I watch the game now, Richard. I watch it at night, and we watch so many games, you and I. And I never see a player, even now, shy out of a header that he has to make. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. I don't see him. I don't see him shy out of, of anything. If it has to be headed, the boys go and head it. And the girls go and head it still. Um, and and that that would be my worry about the game is as if players start to shy away. I mean, look at that Ronaldo goal and midweek. When they gave for Manchester United, not as good as the leap when he was in a Juve. Oh yeah, yeah, no. but, but, but I mean those goals. Header. Those goals are are, are iconic. Mm. You know, you you remember them. It's, it's it's and the thought of did Ronaldo when he was going up to power that header in was there a thought in his mind about thirty years down the line? No, no, not one. But and it is something we will discuss with our guest, Dr. Mm -hmm. Willie Stewart, um, who is a consultant neuropathologist at the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital in Glasgow. Mm -hmm. If not the leading expert, certainly yeah. one of the leading experts in this field. Um, 
but maybe and there was a game recently where for 45 minutes they tried not to head footballs maybe the laws of the game need to be tweaked in this respect certainly Mm. I think there's a lot of work for football to do regarding substitutions when a player gets a knock yes and in in the very meaning of it Andy not not Okay, let's have a look at John McGinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure his name will come up when we talk. Yeah. Uh, leave him on the pitch for 10 minutes. Mm, he's not, maybe not right. No, take him off mm-hmm. and assess him in that 10 mm-hmm. minutes. And if he's good, put him back on again. That's easy for football. Easy. I don't know why they don't do it. It's so easy. So easy for the authorities to say, this is how it's going to be from now on. The, the medical teams there, anyone, anyone who's suffered what they believe is a trauma to the head or a head injury or a clash of heads or an elbow into the, the face or the head and it's shaking them up a bit, get them off for 10 minutes, concussion substitute on, assess them. Is he good to go? He's very good to go, not a problem, and swap them. Well, you again. and I have personal experience of a very good friend of ours who was left with, with a, and I don't want to mention the name, country, game, but a, a scenario whereby he's looking at a player who, is plainly concussed mm-hmm. and, and plainly needs to be removed from the football pitch. Mm-hmm. But he just happens to be the most influential important. player yeah. on that yeah. football pitch. And it was now, a very important game. You know, if you take him off and, and you, you don't beat. win the game, yeah. you're probably losing your job. Yeah. But 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 the life of that player, not just immediately, but long term, <laughs> has to be far more important. Yeah. But it's not a consideration in the moment, is it? No, and it isn't. does heap huge pressure I on people believe, making those decisions. I can't believe in the next 12 months, Richard, that won't be changed. I, I really can't. And and the more pressure that was piled upon FIFA, UEFA, well, the Premier League. So many changes, the Premier League. Including having a new kickoff, thanks yes. to David Ellery's yeah. uh, creative 179 changes. It yeah. was 12 months ago. I don't know yeah. how many more there are now. Um, but it, no, it, it has it, to be it's done. a very simple change. It's a simple Is he right? I don't know. Do we need to assess him? Yes. Yes. Okay, you. You've got 10 minutes. Get on. I'll tell you what would be interesting. And then you're coming because, off again. I mean, I was thinking about it because I knew we were going to be speaking to Willie today, Dr. Willie. Um, and, I, and I thought about it. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about when I played 90 minutes. And there are times where you headed the ball very few times mm. in 90 minutes. So, you know, I, when, when we've been talking about it recently and when I've been assessing it, it's probably more problematic he's in where you need to keep a, an eye on it. It's training. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind I, treat, I, I headed far more balls in training than I ever did in a football match. Far more, Monday, Friday. But you were asked to put in special work post-training, weren't you? By In, in those days, Jim McLean, who was the manager at Dundee United. Yeah, I used to work in the afternoons and yeah. he'd take me out in the football pitch on my own and he'd cross ball after ball after ball Was after he that ball. good at crossing a ball, Jim? He was very good, by the way. He was, was he? a good footballer, Jim. <laughs> he was a, he was a, he was a <laughs> skillful footballer, yeah. He, he, his delivery was different class. That's probably what helped me. <laughs> but no, I used to go out there on, on maybe two or three afternoons a week and do extra, <laughs> extra training, extra heading uh, to practice the skill of heading a football. And and I did that, and that's what I'm saying. So I headed far more balls in training than I ever headed during a game. I mean, so so the the uh, there's never a running order for the podcast. No. I had planned to talk to you about these things after we'd heard from Willie because I thought you might be able to add more. Yeah. But 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 um, we, we, we'll speak to him in just a moment. But um, maybe then the 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 suggestion that players only had a ball 10 times in training is not a bad one. Although Nuno has said, we don't count. I, I don't think there's a football club in England, probably world football, yeah. that's counting no, who's heading a football no, in I training. Don't either. Um, but it, it's an interesting directive and it's a teeny move 
in the right direction, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have an argument about uh, excessive use of heading a football in training being monitored. What about youngsters? Where in America you can't head a football? Yeah, if I, don't you're, mind. I, I think, think that's... You're, you're, until you're over 10. Well, I agree with that because, you know, we know that the, the, the bones are... Well, when you're born, they're soft. They don't, yes. they're not calcified, they're not hard. And as you're a young footballer at 10, 11, 12, there's still room for the the, the skull to firm up and become mm. harder. And while it is still doing that and growing, yeah, I'm, I'm all for protecting the youth of today. Definitely, if we in any way we can. And we're talking men and women. Absolutely. Whichever, course, whichever both, form of the game. Both play football, yeah. yeah. Both yeah. play football. Both, both will head a football at a young age. So there are ways we can teach them the skill of heading a ball without it hopefully damaging the, 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 growing, the growing brain that's, uh, that's developing inside. Well, let's continue this conversation and, uh, and uh, welcome our guest today, as I said, Dr. Willie Stewart. fascinating, this. Uh, the, the, yeah, very much so, because there's much... And a wee bit scary. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Willie, how are you doing? I mean, first question is, what, 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 how do we address you? Uh, Willie, Willie's fine. Is Doc good? Willie, see, my brother's Willie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, talk or Willie, whatever, whatever you, whatever. Well, first of all, thank you very much for talking to us. First question, should football come with a health warning? Uh, I, I think in, as we sit now in 2021, uh, footballs should come with a health warning. Um, that they, We've got enough evidence now to say that uh, participation at a high level in football increases your risk of dementia uh, and other neurogenic diseases. And uh, the, the evidence, as we've gathered it, suggests that the, the risk for that is to do with head injuries and head impacts, which in football, there are a few head injuries. There's a lot of head impacts from head injuries. I think footballs should certainly come with a health warning for people picking them up. The, the sport needs to ask is, is heading absolutely necessary for football uh, as a game to continue and in asking that question, what they're really asking is, is a risk of dementia absolutely necessary to be able to play football? Because that's, that's kind of where we're at. Willie, I mean, listen to you is pretty scary at times, but how long, have you any idea, how long do you think football authorities at the top level um, have been aware of this connection between, um, I'd say, dementia and football? I, I prefer to kind of you know live in the, in the in the moment we're in at the moment and say, well, it's taken us ten years to get where we are, but but look at the progress we've made in ten years, and it's what happens now that we've got the the cast iron hard evidence of the risks. What happens now in sport that will be uh, where we should be judged, um, and, and I leave I leave courts and everybody else to judge on the past. So, so Willie, for, for for the layman, and and could, could correct me when I'm wrong here because I'm bound to be. I don't totally understand this the brain sits unattached in the skull is that correct yeah it's it's it is it, there's some very very fine and, and attached but essentially it's floating inside the skull yeah so it stands to reason that persistent heading of a football or similar is going to adjust affect damage that organ is, is that what we're saying yeah, and, and now it's not just that it's it's sitting, you know, effectively floating inside the skull. It, it's an incredibly, incredibly delicate organ. You know, it is it is really just a very soft jelly that sits inside the skull, floats inside a, a fluid designed to kind of keep it buoyant. 
and the the, the the internal structure of it is incredibly delicate. You know, the, the fibers, the connections that, that link up all our brain cells and allow us to think and move and speak are phenomenally fine and they're really incredibly fine. And so, you know, when you know how delicate it is, you know how, how uh, 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 risk it is of damage, it's not surprising that if you give it a jolt, give it a shake, we, we can stretch and tear some of these fibers. And so we, we kind of known that for a long time. We've known it about being hit by a car. Obviously, that's, that can produce significant brain injury. We've also known about boxing, that repeatedly banging your head in boxing. But we kind of, I think, assumed that the uniquely brutal sport of boxing uh, was ex- exclusively associated with brain damage. But really, we should have been thinking, well, boxers banging themselves over and over again, but they actually don't do that much compared to you know how many times a footballer may hit a ball over his career, particularly in training. So, so we should have been thinking, I think, more broadly. But but we seem to be restricted to the the boxing side of things and head injuries. So, so how dangerous <coughs> then is a concussion, a head injury? I mean, we, we've all heard stories, and I think you've you've sampled it yourself in a road traffic accident mm. when you were knocked off your bike. You forget the actual moment. <laughs> I think Perry Groves, who used to play for Arsenal, talks. Uh, very lucidly about scoring a goal at Villa Park that he didn't remember. Lukaku and we would, Everton, we, we, we would laugh and say, oh, ha, 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 um, hilarious. Yeah. But it's not, is it? For a concussion, a single mild brain injury, as we would refer to them, um, vast majority of people get better and there's no lifelong consequences of that at all. So you know, 85, 90% of people get better within days or weeks and they have no long-term problems at all. But it's, what our worry is that repeating that injury over and over again, or even just the, the, the impacts that don't necessarily cause any symptoms, lead to irreparable long-term and, and actually progressive damage to the brain. Well, you see, there's been two incidents this season that, that inspired us to want to talk to you. Um, uh, John McGinn at Villa comes yes. to mind immediately. Yeah. Took a bump and was allowed to play on and then subsequently was replaced. How much danger is he in between that first bump and and maybe significantly picking up a similar injury before he's replaced? Yeah, the, the, the concern with, with people who've got concussion, who, who are left on the field, is that they are in, in danger now. There's a really incredibly rare, but nevertheless incredibly dangerous problem but we refer to it as second impact syndrome because we think that one bite to the head sort of weakens your brain and the second one causes considerable problems and that second impact syndrome is where the brain swells up effectively and can lead to death so so that's that's the extreme worry we have but it's exceptionally rare but, but beyond, beneath that you know other problems somebody who's had one bang in the head and continues to play who's, who's concussed, another bang in the head can lead to symptoms and problems which are much worse than, than we would have had otherwise. And the recovery can be incredibly not much longer than it would be. So rather than being a week or two, it could take months to recover. Yeah. yeah well, sorry. sorry, Will. I was going to say about the John McGinn one because um, I don't know if you saw it or you, you, you read about it, but how difficult is it for the guys that are assessing him? How difficult is it for the physio and the doctor who's going on there? When John's probably saying, "Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, got you. Yeah, I can see everything. I'm okay. I, I feel okay. Like, I'm happy to go." How difficult is it then to, for the for the the medical staff to say, "No, no, John, John, no, it's nothing to do with you. It's not your decision." It must be really difficult for them to say to him, "You're coming off," when he doesn't want to. 
I mean, that, that, that's, the, that's, that, that's really the problem. I mean, it, players always want to stay on the park. You know, they don't, they, and, and actually, some of that is because, you know, bravado. You know, they, they, they don't feel that there's a big problem there. A lot of it is they just don't realise that yeah. they've got an injury that, that they need to come off for. So, you know, it's important that the, the, the and, and actually testing, checking if somebody's got a, a brain injury is, is quite a complicated thing. It could take some time. So, you know, rugby has you know, effectively gone through this process of working out what's required yeah. and realised to do it properly, you, you need to take them off. You can't assess them on the pitch. You okay. can't assess them even by the pitch side right. for a minute or two. You've got to take them off and check them out uh, down the tunnel. And while you do that, put somebody back on for the place. Now, football, sadly, hasn't gone that line. They, 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 they still require the physio, still require the medic to you know, de- that decide that this player's had a concussion. Yeah. And that's, that's under the pressure of you know, not having much time to do it. The player who wants to stay on, the manager wants to keep them on. So you know, the crowd who wants to keep them on. I think the benefit in rugby's way is that the hard decision is getting them off the park. If you've got them off, with a promise that if he's okay, he'll be back in a minute or ten minutes. So football has um, got to go. You know, the hard decisions we made. Football right. has got to do that. Then, Willie, yeah. surely it's got to say any any remote injury of that nature, take the player off, replace for ten minutes whilst we assess, and then we can replace again. I think in many respects we want desperately to preserve the integrity of the game, the history of the game, and they're not really thinking about the preserving the players' brains, and that's really what it comes down to. You know, what's, what's more important? The brains of the players who are playing it, the life after the game and future of the players that are playing it, or the integrity of the game of football. And sports change all the time. I think what, what football needs to do is think, you know, this is a game that's played not just by the elite players at international level and Premier Leagues and all the rest of it. This is a game that's played by kids and by families and you know, it's it is it's the most popular global sport. So what it needs to do is decide, okay, let's let's look at the game and figure out if there's a way of of, of just changing how we play it at, at these levels. So say, you know, in amateur sport, in youth sport, do we need to be heading? You know, because these guys, these girls, aren't going to be playing in the Premier League, aren't going to be playing an international stage. They're just out to enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. Do they, do we need to put them at risk? So can we say in amateur youth level, let's just take out heading. It's a form of the game that doesn't have heading. That doesn't have as much. At the senior and professional level, where you know, these are people paid with, with full medical backup and you know a life that that, that uh, is is professionally committed to the game, I think we need to change what we're doing. So already English football is talking about restricting the number of heading during the week. Great, because that's where a lot of the unnecessary impact has come. I think we also need to think about is it a, is it a, you know a tweak of the rules that would mean that we you know restrict where heading goes on. So I think the, the big the big ones that concern us are you know the long ball, the keeper that, that blasts the ball at the park, and it's the the guy in defence who's who's trying to kind of um, you know clear the ball away. So he's he's returning that ball straight off. There's no way of cutting that kind of thing down. So tweaking those. I don't know if you saw the the match a couple of weeks ago that a charity organised head for change yes, where they yes. uh, had that, yeah, so they had that test game where, you know, they, to begin with, restricted heading to inside the box. Things like that, you know, th- you know, th- you need to think about slight modifications that might just reduce the risk. Are we in danger of, of everyone listening to us thinking, shit, if I play football, I'm going to get dementia? Not everybody who, who plays football will develop dementia, but People who play at professional level, we know that the risk of developing dementia is four times higher than it should yep, be. So, I get that. Uh, you know that 
Yeah, and and, and that that's that, that's a that's a huge increase in risk. So if uh-huh. you compare it to other risk factors for dementia, you know things like um, you know smoking and drinking, they might increase your risk by you know at most maybe double it. So we think of being a professional football wow. increases your risk by four times. Mm-hmm. That's a huge increase in risk. Mm-hmm. So. So we need to do something about that. We need we need to change that, that that conversation. When I when I let's say when I started playing football, right? Football's a very different game, even itself now. Um, oh, the beauty I'm of it is so glad you're going to say there's you're going to say there's less heading. Than yes, there's much more less heading. There yes, must be. But that's there has not to true. be Willie. That's not true. Would you believe there is more heading? in the World Cup in the last 20 odd years than well, there were in the I wouldn't 20 odd years that. before that. I wouldn't believe that. I wouldn't believe Willie, that. Willie, is there a, is there a category true. of heading for you? I mean, you know what I'm going to say. Is, is, is there like, in the way we talk about high intensity runs, sprints, jogs, that are all yeah. different. Is there, is there a difference for you in, in the category of heading? It depends who, which position you're playing. So defenders' risk was about five times higher and forward risk was about three times higher. So there's a difference there. And the difference, I think, is twofold. One, when you actually count the number of headers, defenders do more during matches, and I suspect they're doing a bit more in training than they are, uh, than, than the forwards would be. But I think also the, the defenders are the ones that are kind of more mm-hmm. exposed to the yeah. high force headers, so that yeah. long ball yeah. as opposed to the glancing redirection. So, so I, th- I, think, I, think it's, I think it's a combination of the two. Not every person who gets dementia who played football has, it, has got it because of of heading a ball. Yes. You know. It's a fascinating conversation. The, the conclusion to which I think is, you, you would say both FIFA and UEFA have to take this more seriously, Willie. They have to. They have to. Because the, the evidence is now unarguable. There's, there's a problem in playing professional football and a risk to the brain. And if they don't act on that now, never mind what the courts may say about the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, the courts going forward will look on them on sport very, very uh, poorly if they've not acted on the evidence they have available to them now. So football will change, in your view, and and one immediate consideration is substitutions, concussion subs, subs in the the very meaning of that, not not how we're doing it now, one off, an extra one on. If someone looks as though they've picked up a head knock, take him off. He, she. Yes. And you know, there's, there's, to talk about heading and all these other things that might go on as well. But actually, that's that's a standout where football looks quite different and looks very bad compared to other global sports because their concussion management is so woefully bad at the moment. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! I'm glad we did it. You, uh, we you, can't laugh all the time, and that—that's. You asked me twenty years, twenty minutes ago, no, thirty minutes ago. I, I, am I worried? More so now. That's <laughs> not laugh. I shouldn't it. laugh. I know. Then. No, no. But it does stop to make you think, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the, the, we just the simple changes that can be made. You off. Mm-hmm. Let's have a look. You on, but only for that's ten minutes. That's the big one for now. That's the biggest they can do, and it's the simplest one to to to. Uh, to bring into force because it's easy and everyone will agree and there will be no dissenting voices at all. This is one that, that we don't have to have the same debate about a biannual World Cup, for no. instance. This no. is something I think we'd all agree with and that FIFA and UEFA need to be talking about more and then actioning upon mm. rather than sitting back as they are and we hear really nothing from no, them on no, this subject. No. For, for two, two bodies uh, who uh, have trouble finding good press 
this would be a very, very good way of getting themselves some some good Agreed. column inches. Yeah. And big thanks once again to Dr. Willie. That yeah. was absolutely fascinating. I'll try and go up and see him when I'm up in Scotland. You, I should you, do. you should make that. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll you, you really should. Not not necessarily for investigative work, but no, just no, to find just out to what's, what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can give me his number later. And I'll, I'll, do I'll that. give him a shout. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, hmm. Steve Bruce has gone. I know. Well, the inevitable has happened. Bruce has gone, uh, you know, is anyone surprised? No, of course nope. not. It was always going to happen. Um, but the level of what he had to put up with uh, that has been revealed in the last two or three days has been staggering, isn't it? Um, here's an interesting comparison. Steve Bruce versus Rafa Benitez. I bet there's nothing in it. Two full seasons. Yep. Uh, so each in charge for 90 games. Okay. 90, okay. Wins for Brucey, 23. I would have guessed that, yeah. For Benitez, 24. <laughs> Goals scored for Brucey, 81. For Rafa Benitez, oh, sorry, for Brucey, 84. For Benitez, 81. So three more. <laughs> Conceded, 120 by Brucey's team, 95 You'd by expect uh, Benitez. That. Possession, if you want to talk about possession, uh-huh. 38% under Brucey, 40% under <laughs> Rafa Benitez. <laughs> and and um, the added remarks on this uh, little meme here. Uh, one... Uh, he and his family have been uh, a mockery uh, and their life has been made a misery for two I'm guessing years. guessing that's Brucey. The other, an absolute hero. I don't get it. Nor me. We've talked about it. Over I don't life. get it. We've talked about it a lot over the last month. What, what, what was it? What is it? What was it about Rafa Benitez that made every Newcastle fan think he was the Messiah? Simply and one of their own, because every bit as good. Yeah. Yes, Get vilified in the way they did. He, he did. He he was he in pursuing his own agenda. I would say that he took on Mike Ashley. It would appear, or certainly in the to the perspective of the the, the Newcastle fan, that he took yeah. on Mike Ashley. So they would like that. But he didn't really get anything more out of Ashley than no. than than Brucey. No, probably probably less. Um, I, I think it is uh, sad that, that, that Bruce, he talks, as he has done this week, about maybe finishing his career because he's he's been beaten black and blue by yeah. it all. Look, my, my perspective on this, and I've said it previously, I'll say it again now, I was concerned initially about the, the, the matters that were happening in this part of the world that led to 400 of our colleagues being made redundant. That wasn't right. No. Um, now that everybody is friends again and uh, has decided that, 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 that we live in a brand new... Fine. I wish everybody at Newcastle United... All mm-hmm. the best in the world, and everybody connected with yeah. with, with with the project now at Absolutely. Newcastle. Um, I, I did say last week I think Brucey was the best man for the job. Obviously, that wasn't the case because of the amount of animosity mm-hmm. there is towards him. But if I'm to believe that um, Graham Jones here, as I read today in the Telegraph, is a man of strong personality and tactical expertise, that's that's actually going to change anything there. Really? Then I, I would suggest that that. Um, this is Mike McGrath who's written this and John Percy. I'd suggest they go and talk to one or two Luton fans because yeah. I don't think that they would share that. No, they wouldn't that share view. that. And it's been forgotten that Graham had, yeah. had a terrible time at Kenilworth Road. Of course he did. Dreadful Listen, time. <laughs> you know, he might be a very good coach, Graham Jones. Coach, I, see, I use the word coach. But being a manager and a coach is entirely different from being a coach. He would know that having been at Luton and maybe that's why there are lots of people, Keezy, who make very good coaches and are good coaches but cannot step up and do the, the, the big job. It's a massive, I mean, it's a huge decision Listen, that Newcastle you, you got to make now. don't believe for one minute that Graham Jones is a permanent manager of no, Newcastle United. No, I don't, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how long it is they take to find a permanent manager. And I, if it was someone 
like, I mean, who are the, who are the names that were being mentioned? Favre. Yeah, Favre. Well, I'm, I'm sure, he, yeah, they'll excite people because they come with a, a mustiness. And, and I, I don't think he's in the frame. I don't think he wants it, Roberto. He's um, got a World Cup coming up next year. He's yeah. got one more chance, I, I think. I think he's staying right where I he is. I think he is where but he is. Because it's a foreign name, there'll be some mystery and magic about it. And, but listen, Andy, for me, having seen them last week, there's one thing that's that's a priority there, and that is staying stay in the up. league. Yeah. On the other hand, here's an interesting thought. Were they to be relegated, would the EFL have different issues to the Premier League about the ownership of the club? And With regards? The ownership. And would... Would the EFL be slightly easier regarding sponsorship, which 18 of the Premier League clubs have said this week needs to be carefully looked at wherever well, that would they? might yeah, come? Answer well, your I own question. Know. I don't know. It, 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 so it, what you're saying is it may be in their interest know. to get relegated? Well, if no. they want to spend some money. No, they're not. They're not. They're not. I, I'm not saying in their no, interest. No. I'm just, but it wouldn't be a disaster. Interesting thought yeah. as to what the future may hold were that to be the case. Because right now there are no guarantees. Primary job, stay in the league. Yes. By the way, there's no guarantees if they went down, they could get straight back up anyway. So None. trust me on that. None. But I, I've, I've seen two worst teams this season. Um, I haven't seen anybody. I, no, I've not seen anyone. Watford and Norwich. Yeah, Newcastle, bad. in that order. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't, you can't argue with that. They're in real trouble and they're going to have to... They're not going to have to play their way out with subtle, fantastic football. They're going to have to dig their way out. What about Paul Scholes this week after United's uh, Champions League uh, success, as it yeah, turned out? Yeah, it was an amazing uh, game, man. He, he, he says that, that United's players are not doing it for their boss like Liverpool and Everton. And Solskjaer's saying that I, I, there's total lack of respect for me here and the job that I've done. We've got better players. We've got we've made significant progress under me. Uh, we're going in the right direction and it won't be long. Do you agree? Uh, <laughs> that should be the case, Right from the collection of footballers I see there now yep. to the collection of footballers that was there maybe when he was in to take over three years ago. You think uh, this the, group are better than the one he inherited? Yeah, I do. Do you? I think there's better quality there. I, I really do, Keezy. I think there's better quality Where? there all over the place. Maybe they're, they're lacking in a... In, in well, this. he had the gear. He yeah. had the right back. No, he didn't, did he? Yeah. He brought, wan yeah, no. yeah, they had wan -Bissaka. He's brought in Harry Maguire. He's brought in Varane. Varane, who's not playing at the minute. Shaw was there. Shaw was there. Fred was there. McTominay was there. Yeah. And then uh, the rest are better. Mason Mount was there. Mason Mount. Mason Mount. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'd love him to be yeah. there. No, Green, I, Greenwood was there. Pogba uh, was there. Rashford was there. Pogba was there. Martial was there. Yeah, I, think I do think they're better. So you've added Ronaldo and Varane. Ronaldo, Varane, Harry Maguire, uh, Sanko. Uh, Who's done nothing. No, no, yeah. yeah nothing. I'm telling I'm, I'm answering. Are they better? Are they better equipped? Yes, they are. What I said to you at the beginning of the season, when we both thought they had a chance, yes, in I fairness, said to you, I the did, only yeah. thing that I think will ruin it for them is a coach. Mm. He won't get it right. He won't pick a team. He won't settle on it. He'll he'll be not bullied. But they don't he'll listen be, to him, do they? He'll be dominated by the big personalities he in the restroom. Is and if he doesn't control that, mm. and if he doesn't get his team, and he doesn't get settled, then that will cost United. And right now, what I see is exactly that. Mm. You know, um, they, they play as badly as they did in the first half against Athletic Madrid, although I thought they were still in it. When I say badly, they did three or four really good chances in the first half. So I never thought they were out of the game. And yet come out at half time and, and fly at Atalanta. And it was Atalanta, who are a decent side. But they're not Man City. They're not Liverpool. They're no. not Bayern Munich. You know, they're not the elite of, of, of European football. They're not so, Leicester. Yeah. 
<laughs> so what I'm saying is that, yeah, are they going forward? Looking at it, they should be. But are they? Probably not. No. I, I don't, I don't. I don't think they've gone anywhere. That would be my yeah, view. Well, I think I, they're every bit. They should, though, because the of group they that should, they have. But they haven't. Should be a group that's entitled to say we are good enough to challenge for the title in the Premier League and in, in, in England and also go very deep into the Champions League. They should and will win games against two-thirds of the Premier League yes. and and the weaker teams in the Champions well, listen, League. But when it the, comes to actually a game of consequence, I think there are three, four already better. Right, well, but but I, I, I did say I thought they, they should... Uh, I'm with you. They should have been able to mount a challenge. They might yet, but I think it's going to need a new coach in order for that to be the case. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree this with one, that. Is not good I wouldn't enough. disagree with you at all. And I think the next, the, the, up these next couple of weeks up to the, the, the next international break, they play Liverpool at the weekend, uh, Tottenham away and Man City at mm. home. Two at home, I think. Liverpool and City at home, but that's not a given that they're going to win them. And Tottenham away. Now, I know Tottenham are Tottenham and they're not what they were. And they're still uh, work in progress, but that'll be a tough one for them. So those three games in these next two, three weekends, Keezy, if they come out of there with nothing, where does he stand? Um, in the dole queue. And if they come out with three wins? They won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they won't win. Okay. Am no. I wrong? No, no. Listen, I, I, of, the, of the teams are playing, I, I think City are better than them. I think Liverpool are better than them. But for some, but for some reason, and this is a flaw, not not a not a, a strength. This is a flaw. When I'm what I'm going to say, they, they lift themselves for these big games, and yet can't do the same against a lot of teams. We think, well, they should just brush these aside and beat them, mm. and the way the big boys do. So that's a flaw in their makeup that they can't have that consistency against the, the, the poorer teams who pose them more problems. Whereas for some reason, and I guess it's because the better teams. Or teams better than them, take the game to them. And they have got a threat on the counter. They have got blinding pace at the top end of the pitch in Greenwood and Rashford and, and, and Ronaldo who can really hurt you on the counter or in transition. So they can do all that. So maybe that's why they're better against the big boys than they are against teams we think, well, I'll take the game to this team and they'll run all over them. They don't do that very well. Liverpool look good again, don't they? Yeah. I just thought it was a great midweek. Apart from, here we go. Apart from Tottenham, many times have we said <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, but how seriously really did Tottenham? No, they did eleven that? changes. Yeah, from the team. I think you know, knows where his priorities are. Yeah, of course and, he does. And that competition. But it was a great. It was a great midweek not, for 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 British sides. West Ham, terrific. Yeah. Well done, Moisey. Rangers Brilliant. need the big one. Yeah. Got one. Watched that last night. Harry Redknapp. What about him? <laughs> Where's he going? I, now? Going going forward, I'm going to have to tell the tale. Are you? Of the occasion when he nearly had us both in jail. <laughs> All right, leave that for another Don't day. Don't you think? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was close. It was close. <laughs> it was a whisker, wasn't it? it was. The reason I talk about it is this. <laughs> um, this one leapt out at me this week again as well. Harry Redknapp reveals how Mike Ashley once offered him the use of a private jet from Bournemouth to Newcastle right. and back every day if he took the tune job. He did. He did. I can confirm that to be true. He did what? Because I was out. Oh, you offered them the jet? The job. To take the job. All right, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which leads me on to another subject right. But and, and in just a moment. But I, I do remember getting a call from Jamie, who was always very good at being your best mate when <laughs> when he required something. And uh, I, I, I was in um, in Chobham, where I used right. to live, getting my newspapers. Now I down. As you them. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. the call came in 
um, uh, uh, Jamie in a real panic. You, you've got to talk to dad. You've got to talk to dad. I said, sorry, what? He said, you've got to, talk, you've got to stop him taking this job. So, oh, he didn't want to retake it. No, I said, Why what, not? what job? What's he got to do? What, what are you talking about? Newcastle. He's been off in Newcastle. He can't take it. He can't. You've got to stop him. You've got to talk to him. Talk, somebody, that, <laughs> somebody that he'll listen to. I said, Jamie, I don't even have his number. What am I going to do? Persuading him. Well, you, you've got to talk to him. I'll send the number. I'll send the number. <laughs> so I don't know who he called or how many other people, or maybe I was the only, only one that answered. But I found myself then for 30 minutes engaged in this conversation with Harry <laughs> as to why he shouldn't take the Newcastle job because he had a beautiful lifestyle living on oh, sandbanks. No, why? You know, there are so many other good jobs that might come. Why, why volunteer for that? And by the way, they don't like Cockneys in Newcastle. Well, they've, they've, as, yeah, as yeah. Dennis, Dennis Wise. Wise mate. Others, Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew. But it was, Ashley. it was extraordinary, yeah. But you see, when reading that, I was also thinking about, and, and Graham Sinest mentioned this in his column last week, why the football clubs have to have a base for the senior squad within the perimeter of the town in which they play. Why? Why can't Newcastle, if they want to attract mm -hmm. the best players in the world, move their training base to London Coney? Why? Because we know geographically today's modern player wants to live in and around the capital. Yes, they would like to. If he can. They would much prefer to live around the capital. So of what, course he why can. do you have to train in Newcastle? Why? Well, I guess because it's part of the city. Yeah, well, you've got your 18s, your 23s, yeah, your academy, you've got listen, your base, you've listen, got your ground. Listen, you've, you've posed this question to me more than one or two years ago. And as if I've always been of the belief that if you were a big team, a, a, a huge team like Newcastle, who have 50, 60, 1,000 in the stadium every week, that to attract the elite... And we're saying the elite, and this is going to be fascinating for me ongoing in the next couple of years, mm. because every Newcastle fan thinks that everyone from Mbappe to Neymar will be tempted to go to Newcastle. I think they're going to be disappointed in that because um, the level of footballer who might want to go there might not be unless a Saudi ransom is paid to them, you know, for, for to go and play in the North East. And that's no... Uh, just, uh, I'm not, that's not saying that the North East is not the best a great place. It's a wonderful football area, uh, totally football. But the, the foreign footballer, as you've quite rightly said, wants to play South. Hullet used to fly in when he managed them from Anderlecht because it's an hour. You're joking. So, so, the, so you've Anderlecht? mentioned that to me and, I, and, and I've agreed with you, I think. Amsterdam, if you, if, sorry. If you could, if the, oh, Amsterdam. <laughs> from Amsterdam. Yeah. He would well, fly backwards you, and forwards. So if you could tempt better players... And by saying, well, listen, can... we're based in just outside London. You can live in the south. Um, you know, we, you'll, we, you'll fly up every weekend with us and every other weekend and, and play your football. But you'll be training and living in, 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 in London. Would that attract more players of genuine quality? I think it well, probably Well, let's say would. Neymar and Mbappe, you mentioned them. Right. We're, we're two. Listen, we want you to play for Newcastle United, but, but you know, you can live within 20 miles of London. Uh, Both would say yes. Would Newcastle fans object initially? I think yes. But but the minute they score their first goal, that's all forgotten about. Yeah. What's the difference? It's an interesting one. Flying to Newcastle and flying to Leicester for an away game or, or United last week, 10 minutes in the air to fly to Leicester. It's a fascinating one and, and it would be really interesting if a team decides to do that and which team, mm. well, it would have to be a team, you guess, mm. uh, like Newcastle. Or, uh, I assume you're not suggesting that the teams in... Everton? The, no. We are not leaving Liverpool. It is not leaving Liverpool as an entity. We we continue to live, breathe and and and, and exist 
on Merseyside, but the senior team are going to play nah. and work nah. down there. No. Nah. We can't advocate it for Newcastle I'm and not, not Everton. No, I said it's worth thinking about. So it must be worth thinking about for Everton. Yeah, well, I've thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've made up my mind. Uh, so we did end up so chuckling. How far north of, the, north of England do you go before you stop? Uh, well, I, I just think... Are you saying Villa should think about moving No, there? I don't, because they're an hour, aren't they? I mean, well, you're an hour on the well, train as well. That's an hour and a half. Uh, but, About two hours, maybe. Well, two and a half. Uh, what, well, on, on those roads. Well, well, hold on. And by the way... Well, Ollie did it in ten minutes. Insulate you? Britain, I notice, are now asking for ten mile an hour speed limits on motorways. On on the M25, I oh, think we'd, we'd take that. <laughs> ten up. wouldn't be bad. But come on, the world's changing. Well, not all for the better. I didn't say there it used was. to be a phrase in, in a, in a, in a programme that we used to <laughs> like watching on a Saturday that used to say, change is not good. <laughs> Brilliant. Tim Lovejoy. Yeah, Tim Lovejoy. Absolutely sensational. <laughs> change is not, not good. good. Uh, <laughs> love Fennis, but it's never been as good. No. It's never, no, they were brilliant ever then. been as good. Uh, sometimes in life you find a place that suits, and Tim and, and Soccer AM yeah. were that. Yeah. For Tim each and other. Helen were terrific there oh, as well. They were terrific. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's it. I think we've probably strayed over the time that we, we were allotted yeah. as ever. Um, but we did need a chuckle on the back of well, the conversation that we've just had. But thanks again to Dr. Willie Stewart. Yes. Uh, thanks for listening. Nigel will be back with us you next sure? week. Yeah. <laughs> at Keys and Grey. In, uh, we're available on Twitter at Keys and Grey Pod. Uh, is that correct? I need to get that right. Yeah, I get it. To right. be absolutely sure if I'm offering people the opportunity to go in that direction. There's just so many. Uh, here we are. Let's get it absolutely right. Do get in touch with us at, yeah, Keys and Grey Pod. There you go. There you go. Need enough panic. Okay. And we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.